Hello, I am Shane, and I am here with the Command Point Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. Hello. And we are going to talk about some juicy, juicy Tau details today and what we think about that, those, that faction. Those, those blueberry boys, those juicy blueberry boys. Yes, and uh, and how much I... How strongly I feel about them. Yep. <laughs> I know you have your own feelings about them as well. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, I think the, the best way to start when we're talking about Tau is uh, talking about gun drones. Because that's the... Uh, that's that's their that's their go-to just drone spam specifically with gun drones and one recon drone i guess yeah no because he's got the two wounds but he's basically identical to the gun drone yeah it's kind of the bread and butter for the towel yeah Uh, just kind of drones in general yeah are are where we would look first when Mm -hmm. when kind of taking a look at what's important for them and how they're being utilized in the meta Mm -hmm. uh, competitively. Um, I mean, you don't see too much diversification of Tau strategies in competitive tournaments. No. Minor, minor adjustments here and there. And if we're talking about open board kill team, we're not talking arena. Yes. Arena, Um, I I know that arena is a little different for Tau. It's different. You take less drones because you need need bodies to open doors for the drones. Correct. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, are we are we going to go over how how are we doing this? We're going to look at the model uh, profiles, or are we going to start with tactics, or I, what are we thinking? I, yeah. I guess we'll just talk about the uh, the stat line for the gun drone first. Okay. The gun drone itself. Yeah. Everyone's favorite. It's the only drone you should be running in kill team. You think so? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because remember the the first game of Tau that I played against, who you'd taken your orcs, right? Yes. And so I had made one of my drones a grab drone, and they make any any sort of unit that like um, any enemy model that charges uh, within a certain distance of them, it takes like minus three to their charge or whatever. So I'm like, oh, well, stick them in the middle of the board, and then all the orcs like they can try charging because it was on the the short the short yeah. deployments, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, yeah, we'll stick them in the middle of the board. All these orcs, they're going to take minus three to their charge. None of them are going to be able to get to any of my juicy rail gunners or my other pathfinders. And then they'll just be stuck out in the open. And I'll blast them off the table and backfired completely. Cause what you did was you charged all of them into the grav drone, a nice juicy and then, bridge. To and then, the yeah. No. Your, your and then is. I couldn't shoot any of them because they're all locked in close combat with this drone. Yes. And so I'm like, well, that's literally the game right there. Yeah, I think I had about uh, eight or nine orcs charge that one All drone, around the one in, the grab middle, drone yeah. in the middle of the map. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. I would say there has to be some value, though, to the two wound drones. Oh, the recon drone, yeah. The recon. No, you do want to take a recon drone um, just because of the two wounds. And they're the same price as the same price as the uh, the Tau gun drone. Still get the same amount of shots. Still the same range. So it's like, why wouldn't you? There's no reason not to. Yes, I I, I see what you're saying there. Okay, so the um, the Tau gun drone. It's got a eight inch movement. It's got five up weapon skill, five up ballistic skill. 
it is strength three. I'm reading this out of the core book. That actually might not be true. The strength three. Uh, yeah. I believe that's the same. I know they did FAQ it a little bit. I think it's strength three. I would uh, hope so. Yeah. Uh, toughness four. Uh, one wound, one attack, six leadership, and a four-up save. And it flies. And it flies. Which is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because of the fly keyword, um, anytime they're in close combat, they can just fall back out of it and they can shoot. I didn't even talk about their guns yet. No. Yeah. So the gun drone is armed with uh, two pulse carbines, I think they're called. They have uh, 18 inch range. They're assault two. And so because the drone has two of them, it's firing four shots. Well, we should talk about the nuance of, of being able to fire, of having two separate pulse, what is it called? Pulse carbines? Pulse carbines. Yeah. Of having two of them, but that basically means that you could essentially target, a, you could hypothetically target two separate models if you want uh, with two different attacks. True. True. Um, usually it's probably better to put all four of those shots in one target. Yeah. Because of their, their five up weapon skill. Yes. Um, so, I mean, very often you're just fishing for sixes because they already have that because of five up, if you're shooting an obscured model, you're going to be hitting on sixes anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, more often than not, unless you uh, manta ray three of them into an enemy's deployment zone, uh, which is their like deep strike tactic, then you're going to be hitting on fives. But they're, they're shooting so many shots. And also, I once. feel like we, we shouldn't overlook the most important part is that these are seven point models oh, to yeah. bring into a list. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is. See, this is where my own personal bias comes in, because yeah. when we were talking about Necrons a few episodes ago, I had kind of a giddy excitement when talking about how good they are, but when I'm talking about about drones right now in Tau, I just feel pure, I guess, disdain. And I mean, it's fair. <laughs> they they bother me so much. Um, I don't have that same level of excitement yeah. uh, when talking about this. That <laughs> seven points to me, I think, is... It's too cheap. It's far too cheap for what they can do in kill uh, team. They they fly, they fly with an eight inch movement. Yes, and their their weapon they're shooting so many shots, and their weapon skill is already like you you need a five to hit an unobscured target. They're armed with assault weapons <coughs> with an eighteen inch range. There's literally no reason to not be advancing these guys, in my opinion. And when you <laughs> couple that eight inch range with uh, potentially they can move a max of like what 14 inches yes yeah so there's there's they can just fly all over uh, we should also talk crazy. about the uh, kind of the connecting pieces that allow tau to work as a as a team yeah that being i'd say the two most important are uh, for the greater good and uh, savior protocols mm -hmm. both of which drones are vital two yeah I, I would say well yeah i mean so, you don't you don't get savior protocols without a drone so here's why uh that the drones the, the real kicker for me of why they're so uh excessive um it's for the greater good do you want to go ahead and explain that for for our unaware listeners yeah so for the greater good basically what it does is whenever um whenever a town model is charged um, 
any tau model within six inches of the model being charged that has line of sight on the model that is making the charge can fire overwatch as if they were being charged. Yeah, so when you have these four-shot tau drones that are super cheap yep. and are kind of surrounding and, and almost kind of bubble wrapping a... a like each other. Pathfinder, yeah, or each other. Yeah. Um, the, if you want to charge one, you're essentially going to face a, almost a minimum, usually, of eight overwatch shots. shots. Yeah. Uh, the one uh, downside to it is once a model has overwatched with for the greater good they cannot overwatch again for the mm -hmm. rest of the battle round yeah so you so a tau player does need to like pick and choose yeah but i mean <laughs> oh it just works so well and couple that with the tactic or the the sub faction that tau gets that allows yeah them tau to, tau he, yes tau tau that allows them to uh succeed on overwatch attempts on a five or a six five or a six yeah just a six uh, so they are lots of shots and their strength five shots also yeah, coming through, hitting on fives or sixes, it makes it very difficult to, to charge mm -hmm. Tau, which is yeah. where they are worse, is close combat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then safer protocols. Uh, whenever uh, you you force a injury roll, essentially, I believe, for a Tau model, if there's a... I think this only works for drones. If there's a drone within three inches, they can take a mortal wound and yeah. instead of the, so it it needs to be a tau battle suit or a tau infantry model that is being that is like about to be wounded okay um, so they it, cannot save your protocol for other drones no they can't save your protocol for each other but they can save your protocol for your pathfinder rail gunners and um like your pathfinders and then your fire warriors whatever um if, uh, any yeah, any Tau infantry model or any Tau battle suit. So your crisis suits and your stealth suits. So the order of operations essentially is you shoot at a Pathfinder gunner, which is, uh, we'll get into them later, but they're kind of the most heavy-hitting Tau models. Oh, uh, yeah. They're long-range, very good shooters. Mm -hmm. uh, you shoot at one of them, uh, let's say, and you force a save. The Pathfinder gunner uh, gets to attempt the save, and if it fails, and there is a drone within three inches, yep, the drone can use savior protocols for free. This doesn't cost any command points, mm -hmm. and they can take a mortal wound, essentially blocking the injury roll that was going to happen to the pathfinder. Yeah. So instead of the model that is the target of the of the attack, instead of them uh, being forced to the injury roll, you instead put one mortal wound onto a drone. Yes. And then you still got an injury roll that. Yeah. And then if there's if it's a recon drone with two wounds, that is just a whole nother <laughs> yeah. layer of uh can of protection. You, can you sense the frustration in Shane's voice right now? So yeah, um I'm just gonna talk about the the towel list that I personally run right now. Uh for my leader, I have a Pathfinder Shazu. Uh, I don't know. I don't speak pronunciation pending. Yeah, I don't speak Weeaboo Space Kami. Uh, I just play these guys. Um, they he's got. Like, I don't even want to talk about him, honestly, because I don't even shoot with this guy ever. Yeah, he's kind of just the leader that he's, sits in the back. He, and... he farms command points. He's a farmer. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> it's a simple life. <laughs> it, ain't, um, it ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> Yeah, um, 
I gave him, he's got a pistol because it's free. You can just give it to him. Uh, the, the real meat and potatoes is obviously the drones. Uh, you take one recon drone and you take, let's count here. Uh, one, a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Take eight gun drones. They're all seven points each, and we already talked about how good they are. Uh, and then you take one recon drone because same point cost as a gun drone. Uh, same amount of shots, same range, same strength and damage profile. Uh, and he's got two wounds. Uh, there's no reason not to take it. <laughs> Um, and then, like, the real, like, offensive firepower comes from the three Pathfinder Gunners. And how many points is this list? How many points is this? This is, is a 99-point list. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah, right? So, 125 points. I'm thinking either maybe putting in a stealth suit. Maybe, because they're 20 points. I haven't really looked into them how at many, all. How many Pathfinder Gunners can you bring with I a think list. I think you can take a max of three and yeah you can take a max of three Pathfinder gunners so what you do is when you open up your Pathfinder box like your your $35 or whatever tile Pathfinder box you look at all those other special special like weapons that aren't rail rifles and you just burn them you just throw them all away because they're useless like one of them is like an ion blaster or something. What I else? think yeah, it's called. I actually don't know what else they can take. So the ion blaster, out. it's like a weaker plasma gun that if you supercharge it, uh, you can also kill yourself just like a normal plasma gun. Okay. So it, rail right, just take rail rifles with your Pathfinder gunners. There's no reason to take any other weapon. Yeah, rail rifles are pretty nuts. Yeah, um, the rail rifle it is a it's got a 30-inch range. It is rapid fire one. So it has like the same optimal ranges as like a, an intercessor's bolt rifle. Um, it's strength six. So against things like Eldar, you're wounding on twos. Um, most other things you're wounding on threes. Well, like Space Marines, you're wounding on threes. Um, AP minus four. So those Space Marines, they are wounding on threes. It's just ignoring their armor. Unless they're taken, unless they have an invuln save, um, and then it does D three damage. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're okay. And then you, I keep forgetting to do this. For each wound roll of six up made for this weapon, the target model suffers a mortal wound in addition to the normal damage. Yeah. This Pathfinder gunner, with the rail rifle, total points cost is twelve points. That is the That's, same point cost as a regular tactical marine. Yeah, I think the the trend with Tau is you get so much for the cost of of of, of so little. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They they they're they're under costed. They're definitely, across the board. They are the most cost efficient team, like kill team you can play in this game. Yeah. Uh, you just you get a lot, and and the idea would be your your first thought would be, well, let's just take the Pathfinder Gunners off the board because they they have the highest kill potential, but it's hard to do that because you can't really charge them because you're going to get overwatched by about sixteen shots. Yep, 
uh, hitting up fives and sixes at strength five, mm -hmm. you can't really just shoot them off the board because chances are there's going to be a drone nearby that will save your protocol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it works pretty well together. Yeah. They're a tough egg to crack. Um, this is the most optimal list that I've found at a hundred points. Um, at 125, I haven't run them at 125 yet, but I think I was looking at a stealth suit. Let me bring that up here. And so, while you look that up, I, yeah. there's one thing I want to go back and talk about with the drone. Why are they toughness four? <laughs> these are these are seven they, point. They Why are they as tough? They used to be. Um, used to be. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong data sheet here. Why are they toughness four? Are you um, telling me these guys are as tough as a space marine? <laughs> uh, well, these, <laughs> these little tiny floating recon these, drones. These these are these armed and dangerous frisbees. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, must they be toughness four? No. Would it be? Would anybody really find it concerning no. if they were toughness three? Have you ever taken a baseball bat to a drone? I have not. To an RC plane or an RC helicopter. You're not toughness. No. Are we assuming the Tau drones are, though are as are as durable as Amazon drones? <laughs> no. Still, I it perplexes me. Yeah. Anyway, you can look at the stealth suit. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Uh, stealth suits. Hmm. We've got a burst cannon. I think these guys are like 20 points. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. The leader model is the same point cost as a regular stealth suit model. Sorry, these are the XV-25 stealth battle suit, but you probably knew what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. This is my first time like ever looking at these guys. Uh, they've got 8-inch move, 5-up weapon skill, 4-up uh, ballistic skill, Strength four, toughness four, two wounds. <laughs> I'm liking this already. Um, two attacks. Uh, leadership seven, leadership eight for the uh, stealth Chesvier, which is like the uh, the leader model. Yes. Um, and then you can take an unlimited amount of them. They have for the greater good. They have bonding knife ritual, which affects their nerve tests. Um. You can subtract one from nerve test for stealth suits, self, uh, stealth shoot <laughs> or stealth uh, uh from your kill team within three inches of any can friendly. Get a translator in here. Yes, yeah, no. We are struggling. These are just they're just Xenos, and they got to be purged. Uh, uh, within three inches of any friendly models with this ability, they are not shaken. Subtract one from the nerve test. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. I think that's Tau's biggest weakness is their leadership. Uh, they have target lock. A model with a target lock does not suffer the penalty to their hit rolls for advancing and firing assault weapons. So how many points is this? These uh, Both variants of this are only 20 points. Okay. So, so that's just almost almost three gun, dr or, yeah, gun drones. Would you say you'd rather have that than... Almost three gun drones? I think I'd rather take three gun drones, honestly. Okay. Well, I haven't we haven't looked at their at their burst scanning yet, so okay. we'll talk about that in a second. Um they have camouflage fields. Your opponent must subtract one from all hit rolls for attacks that target this model. 
that's not them having to be obscured or anything like a scout's camo cloak. That's just base. So they're always obscured. That's pretty okay. Yeah. Um, let's look at this burst cannon. Can they take any other weapons? Can replace the burst cannon with a fusion blaster. Okay. Uh, the burst cannon... Burst cannon... <laughs> 18 inch range, assault 4, strength 5. Yeah. yeah, so same thing that the recon drone is armed with. The fusion blaster is 18 inches, assault 1, strength 8, AP minus 4, D6. Uh, and then if the target is within half range of the weapon, roll two dice when inflicting damage with it and discard the lowest result. So that's basically a melta gun, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The damage is, what did you say? That D6, was? D6 damage. So, oh yeah, yeah. So don't take it against Necrons. No. No, take that burst cannon. Uh, yeah, so that's basically it for them. Um, I'm decide. I'm trying to decide if I want the. Yeah, I would. I would take three more drones. I would understandable. Take, yeah, on a hundred twenty-five point team. Yeah, I mean, in an objective-based game that kill team is, drones are just so effective at everything. Yep. Except for killing, but again, you don't need them to. Yeah, that's what the that's what those rail rifles are for. That can't die. Yeah, unless it's any... unless it's psychic powers. Yeah. This is one thing we forgot to talk about is that the um, the Tau Savior protocols they cannot intercept psychic attacks. So if you're up against Grey Knights and you're on a short, you're on that short deployment, um, do not put a rail rifle gunner anywhere near the <laughs> middle of the table, thinking that your Tau drone is going to be able to intercept it like I may have uh, a few months ago, perhaps. Uh, it, well, anyway, is there anything else we want to talk about when it comes to Tau Infantry, or do we want to... We had a couple other things we wanted to address. Any closing thoughts on these Tau models? Uh, no. Well, I mean, swap out a few drones for uh, just regular Pathfinders to open and close doors when you're playing on Arena. That's pretty much all I got in my experience. Yeah. Um, How about some uh, some nice crew models to throw into that list? Because I do uh, know you can throw crew onto a Tau kill team. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good there. <laughs> <laughs> so, in conclusion, uh, they good. They're the best. Very They're the best, good. and it's not fair to any other faction. Uh they're the the price points for the drones really need to be adjusted um because you just don't see i don't know the price points but the actual data sheet needs oh, yeah. to be changed a little bit like we said the toughness four seems excessive yeah the thing is with games workshop is they they don't like to mess around with the data sheets for yeah. models too much yeah um and when they do it's to FAQ the drones so that instead of having a, uh, a five up save, they get a four up save. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. 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 So, they, would, they would. And they set the precedent with the annual where they like tinkering with point costs. So, yeah, they did it a little bit. Yeah. I think you could. You they could. do it all the time in chapter approved. It's going to be, I would, I would expect them to 
um, mess with point costs way before they mess around with data sheets. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, they're. Um, I think I think they're definitely the best. I'm trying to think of like a hard matchup that Tau could have. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have anything either, Shane. <laughs> they have a, they have an answer to just about anything. Yeah. Um, maybe uh maybe maybe Tyranids. Uh even that, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I I don't think they really have a bad matchup. Yeah. Like, they they have some very good matchups. Um I think orcs is orcs, a pretty good matchup yeah. for Tau. Just don't put a grav inhibitor drone in the middle of the field and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Um so yeah, they're they're good. They're up their top tier. Yeah. Like I'm even thinking like like that Necron six up, it don't really mean nothing. Cause of just because the volume of fire against against the models, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the even the rail rifles are doing D three. And so it's like you're getting a one or two damage most of the time when you're inflicting damage onto a Necron model and Two is better than one when you're dealing with their with their six up reanimation protocol. Yeah, they're I think they're the best. They're the easiest to play. Fair enough. All right. So the other thing we wanted to talk about today is the um, this uh, this ITC tournament packet uh, called Slaughter Fest. Enter the Slaughter Zone from Kill Team Stream. It is a it's an ITC tournament packet. Um, so a new way to play. Yeah, Kill team. Yeah, it's a new. Uh, it's a new more. Well, I mean, it's already, there's already been like competitive tournament packets, but I like this one just because of the fact that it has kill more and hold more objectives. Yeah, I mean, outside of the, the missions themselves are pretty good. Yeah, in the packet, but mm-hmm. I think the kill more hold more stuff is sort of an answer to the horde play style that a lot of people are concerned about and how elite factions don't kind of, they don't really thrive as much yeah. in kill teams so far. Yeah. But this kind of is an answer to that if you want to look at it. Yeah. So um, the way that um, there are, there's a bunch of different competitive play missions in the packet. And for the most part, the only real difference between all of them is the deployment zones and where the objectives are placed. Um, the the way that kill more hold more works is um, at the end of the battle round, a player scores one victory point for each of the following conditions that they satisfy for a maximum of four victory points per turn. They uh, they control one or more objective markers. They control more objective markers than their opponent. One or more enemy models were taken out of action, or uh, and or more enemy models than friendly models were taken out of action. And a player can score a maximum of 12 victory points for kill more, hold more throughout the entire battle. Yeah. yeah. So this basically means that you you get rewarded for taking out more units than your opponent, which is something that obviously favors elite teams. That are like actually good at killing things. Yes. Whereas before it's like you didn't really get much from it. I know some people have even said that they like custodies under these rules. Um, yeah, no, things they, like that. They're really good at killing. They're the. They're, I would. They might be the best at killing. Yeah, probably. 
uh, I don't know if I would endorse custodies. We would, we would have to look more at that. But yeah, the that's, point is, that's a hot take right there. The point is, uh, things like Death Watch that some people have concerns about. Um, these smaller, you know, teams, Harlequin, stuff like that. Yeah. They can do pretty well with with these rules. But I don't think it's enough where it, it balances it a little bit more. Yeah. Between horde factions and elite factions. Yeah. I just like the fact that you're getting points for killing things in kill team in yeah. a competitive environment. I mean, otherwise you're fighting that Tyranid list and there's like 20 gaunts and it's, you kill one and it just, it feels like it means nothing. Yeah. But yeah. you still have to do it. Yeah. Um, it's just such an advantage like that. Every, every gaunt you kill, every Tau drone you kill, um, it's a little bit more incentive to run these types of lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just kind of diversifies the the meta mm-hmm. a lot more, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask me, I think this is one of the this is probably so far the best that we've gotten as far as uh, rule packets go and, and the way to competitively play kill team. Yeah, big time agree with that. Um, I think yeah, I think it's the most balanced tournament packet. Has there been a tournament ran with these rules yet, or have the rules just been released? To my knowledge, no. Um, I believe these have been, they've been released for um, the Super Magfest Kill Team Tournament. That's in Maryland in January, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, January 5th um, from 10 to 8 at the Gaylord National Hotel in National Harbor, Maryland. Yeah. So, I mean, keep an eye on that. Um, we were thinking about attending that because we're over here in New York. Yeah, not too far away, but I don't think we'll be able to make it. Nah, it's unfortunately it's like too close, and I already I had to take off vacation time in January already. So unfortunate, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be giving updates on that keep, tournament keep after it happens. Yeah. We'll 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 do a whole episode probably talking about the events of that mm-hmm. uh, tournament and, yeah. and and the results and how factions did. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something. We saw some weird factions like Custodes, or maybe we started seeing factions take more Termi equivalent units Ooh. just for the sake of, of getting, you know, an emphasis on firepower and, and you know, killing. Yeah. Um, it should be interesting. And in addition to that, we have some new secondaries in the Magfest. Yeah. Book. So the way that secondaries work is there is a, they have a D12 table. So what happens is the people, the tournament organizer will roll a D12 and whatever the result is corresponds to a list of six secondary objectives that both players uh, can choose from in secret, I presume. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's definitely an interesting way to, to go about that. Yeah. Um, for me, it adds like another level of kind of complexity to the game Yeah. because it's like... Um, like I feel like in order to win one of these tournaments now you need to look at the you need to look at that secondary table, look at your kill team and then choose what three secondaries you should be choosing for your kill team depending on the result. Yes. So I think that's really rather cool. than than map specific secondaries or like these free for all where you just take whatever secondaries you want. Yeah. that we've seen in, in past tournaments. Uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that each each of the 12 sets are kind of diverse enough where you can i don't know your team can kind of adapt to it at least at some level yeah um 
yeah, it's a, it's a good old booklet. Yeah, I love it. This is my favorite competitive packet by far. I'm very excited to see. Yeah. And we'll, in the show notes, I'm going to be putting a link into uh, this packet as well as to the, um, the link for the Best Coast Pairings app for the MAGFest tournament and then a link to the, the Facebook event page. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Yeah. Uh, okay so uh for the the magfest tournament what kinds of what kind of like uh kill team i guess not really lists well maybe yeah no lists too uh just what what would you expect to to be there so basically this tournament yeah, packet. what what i would expect to be different is um you're gonna see things i would I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a really good Death Watch performance at this tournament. Mm. Um, one thing that people kind of complain about a lot is that with elites coming out and and with factions just getting more across the board, uh, these elite squads have suffered. Um, Death Watch is really, really good at killing things. Yeah. That's kind of what they excel at. Hyper-efficient killing. Yes. And um, with, with these rules, I think think you could see a little bit more success for death watch uh yeah i mean i mean i know that around the time when the game came out we saw some pretty good competitive death watch players mm-hmm. taking some results uh, i think in, yeah in with, with rules like this we could uh we could see a little bit more death watch success mm-hmm. that would be interesting uh not so hot take uh i'm gonna be predicting more tile drone spam <laughs> even I, with all this even oh yeah yeah, even with all this. That's fair. I mean, I I don't know if this is going to be enough to stop Tau dominance. Uh, I mean, do you think that the packet helps Tau, or does it hurt Tau? Um, I think just because of the, the sheer fact that it allows um, elite teams to... Like, it just makes elite teams better. Um, I think that makes Tau worse. But yeah. like, yeah, like a kind of like a just a chain reaction. Yeah, it helps, it, but it hurts Tau by helping other exact factions. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Um, I still think though, I I do agree. We'll probably still see some good Tau lists. Yeah, placing high just just because. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're so they're so they're so easy to play. They're so good. Um. One thing I was maybe thinking about, maybe theorizing a little bit, was oh boy. Uh, we could see a little bit more use of these elite big these big elite units that came out that people haven't really been using because of high points costs, like mm-hmm. Terminators, Wraith Guards, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of the reason you don't see them is because it's a lot of points in a game where taking lots of units and having like these hordes it's just generally better. But now that we're seeing a packet that kind of rewards teams for being able to take models off the board, mm-hmm. you might see a little bit more use of people taking, especially like with Heretic, uh, I think Chaos Terminators are already pretty good. Yeah, um, they were, I mean, between like the two different types of, ter- well, I mean, other factions also get Terminators, but between like Astartes and like Astartes, as an Astartes player, I would hardly ever take a terminator uh but the chaos one is the chaos terminator is cheaper it is they're yeah they're just i believe more so, yeah. points cost effective so 
you saw some people taking uh, Chaos Terminators to uh, tournaments with, uh, I believe, a Terminator gunner with like a combi plasma and stuff like that with, mm-hmm. uh, with an Iron Warriors list. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that might be a little bit more successful. You might see like a Wraith Guard or a Wraith Blade. Um, or as far as factions go, you might see Custodes, like we mentioned. Yeah. Um, they are really good at killing. Yeah. They uh, they they could succeed with, with those conditions, potentially. Yeah. Uh, I know some of the secondaries, like hammering, um, it's where essentially if it's a secondary where if you force two injury rolls, I believe in the fight phase. That's right. Uh, you get a one victory point. Yep. Um, that's one of the new ones. And I think that is something that suits these kind of fighty strong lists yeah like that uh i i don't want to say with certainty that we're going to see terminators become a part of the meta all of a sudden but this gives them a little bit more elbow room to potentially be successful Mm -hmm. because it might not just be a complete showcase of you know these horde lists where it's you have like 15 orc boys (laughs) oh god or or a ton of drones or a ton of gaunts Mm -hmm. in a tyranid list um yeah, and that's that's something for those those horde players to take into consideration. Now, is that there there are going to be like more super killy units on the table? This is also a hundred twenty five point tournament. We yeah. should be saying so. <clears throat> it's not going to be that hard to fit one of these one of these bigger, more expensive units. Yeah, I mean, with custodies, if you're playing against custodies, you're almost never going to get the kill more. <laughs> objective per round you're, you're never going to kill more models than a custodius does i mean maybe if you get kind of lucky you might yeah but uh, the odds are in custodius favor for something like that so that's two command that's two victory points per round that is going to be a lot easier for that type of list to pick up mm-hmm. uh obviously they're still going to struggle with the hold more objectives but i mean this is just again it's kind of just a balancing act yeah and um, on even some of the uh, some of the modes or some of the uh, oh gosh some of the match play missions in the packet they only there's only three objectives on the board. Yes. So I wouldn't honestly not be that hard for custodes to. Yeah, that's another huge point I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, three objectives uh, definitely is another little bit of a nerf to horde teams. Hmm. Um. I mean, something like orcs too. You you might see a different play style for orcs. Uh, we we've seen the evil sons, boy spam. Uh, orcs are of course really really good at 125 point uh, kill team. I mean they're they're probably an S tier 125 point faction. Um, but with these new rules, you could see another maybe a death skulls type play style. Somebody might whip out like a freebooter thing where okay. where you're running um, <laughs> the um, what are they the flash get yes the flash get totally blanked there flash gets you might you might see more of a knob spam type thing or a mega knob even mm-hmm. um, yeah it's just different play styles that I mean, I mean you see more of that and I think it's just better for the game in general yeah that's what I want in this game I don't want every faction to be locked <clears throat> in to like a single to like a well like some factions are definitely locked into a single list with like a few minor adjustments maybe yeah. uh tau yeah um, I, can't, I mean i can't even see one thing i can't see is gray knights taking a terminator to this even with these rules i think gray knights are already very locked into what they do yeah terminator isn't really gonna help i could be wrong but i 
I don't know. I just don't see it. I think Grey Knights, um, they will, in this tournament, I think they might be a gatekeeper army. Do you want to explain what you mean by that? So a gatekeeper army is when you go to a tournament, you need to, your list needs to be able to defeat uh, certain other kill teams lists. Okay. In order to like really have a chance of advancing other than just like getting lucky. Yeah. Um, so when I say that they're a gatekeeper list, I think they're a gatekeeper list because now with the kill more, hold more primary objective, um, they're putting out those two basically automatic mortal wounds every yeah. turn with their, with, cause two gray knights can smite. Mm-hmm. So I, th- yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah. Gray knights are. I mean, they're, they're a faction that is helped by these rules, undoubtedly. Oh, yeah. Uh, any other things you would expect to see under these? Um, hmm. I think this is going to be the one where we see Adeptus Astartes break out the Primaris Eliminators. The you think so? Dan- oh, yeah, because they're already so good. I was running the numbers on this, and... The you can take a Lazfusel onto your. Let me bring it. Let me bring up the uh, the uh, punch the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> no. So they have this thing called a Lazfusel. They can take it instead of their bolt sniper rifle, and it is the same point cost as a missile launcher. It's five okay. points. Okay, it is. I think it's like um. I'm just going to bring it up. It's like a... um, It's a more consistent version of a missile launcher with shorter range, basically. Okay. So the... And it's not a more expensive chassis, but I I personally think it's worth it. So let's see. Is it a heavy weapon? Yeah, it's a heavy weapon. Okay. Um, Eliminator. Okay, here we go. So the Eliminator, yes, here we go. Okay, so the Lazfusel, this is for the Primaris Eliminator. It's got a 36-inch range. It's heavy one. It's strength eight, AP minus three, and it does a flat three damage. Those are basically the only difference between that and a missile launcher is the missile launcher is a 48-inch range. Mm. On... (laughs) On a kill team board, 36 inch range, that's already fantastic. Yeah. Like there are very few things that are going to be outside of range of your of this weapon. Mm-hmm. The heavy one, same as the as the crack missile profile for the for the missile launcher. Yeah. Strength eight, same as the missile launcher. AP minus three. It's actually uh one point better than the missile launcher. Because for okay. the crack missile, crack missile is only AP minus two. And it does three damage. The crack missile does D6 damage. So you're taking out the variance of doing only one or two points of damage and just getting three. And it's for the same point cost. And then the fact that it's on a Primaris model, which has two wounds and comes with a camel cloak. So it's only getting hit on five ups when it's obscured. I think that's, I, I would take it over a scout with a missile launcher and camel cloak. A hundred percent of the time. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That would be um, interesting. Yeah. And then they're also just really good at picking off your baseline infantry models because of their bolt sniper rifle. 
Um, it has the same range as the last fusel. It's got the executioner round, so 36 inch range, uh, heavy one, strength five, AP minus one, one damage, but it has this ability. Add two to hit rolls made for this weapon. So that means against an obscured model within 18 inches, it's still hitting on a two. Oh. In addition, this weapon can target models that are not visible to the bearer. If the target is not visible to the bearer, a six is still oh, required. I thought you said the bear. Oh, no, the bearer. <laughs> no bear. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if the target is not visible to the bearer, a six is required for a successful hit roll, irrespective of the model's ballistic skill or modifiers. So, like, hypothetically, you could shoot someone or you can bend the bullet wanted style around a corner oh. on a six. But that's that's not that's just a nice aside. <laughs> The yes. add two to hit rolls for the weapon is makes it fantastic against um, uh, any one wound, any one wound model that has toughness three, toughness four. Okay. Yeah. Um, and these guys are with the bolt rifle. They're only eighteen points. Wow. And just like an infiltrator, you can drop them anywhere on the board outside of nine inches from the enemy deployment zone. I mean, and these point costs are a little bit are going to be kind of deflated too because we're talking 125 point list true so, true yeah um, yeah i yeah i definitely need to pick up at least two primaries eliminators yeah yeah and i wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a little more ogren love from astro Militarum. yeah i love ogrens maybe i just say this because i mean, want to see it <laughs> do you mean ogrens or bulgrens i believe the ogrens are cheaper right I'm not. I'm not particularly sure. Let me. Let me. Let me pull it up. Okay. Uh, I know Bulgr One of them is about thirty-seven points, and the other is about twenty-seven points. Okay. I think the Ogrens are cheaper then. I because the, the Bulgrens are the guys with the shields and the malls. Yes, Bulgrens are thirty-seven points. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bulgren Boneds are thirty-eight points. A regular Ogren is twenty-six, with the Ogren Bonehead being twenty-seven. Mm -hmm. So I think you could see maybe Ogrens, maybe a Bulgren, but that's a lot of points. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could just be wishful thinking here because I love these models and I just want to see them used. Yeah, they are. But, uh, they are cool models. Um, so what what is the what kind of like damage output? What kind of weapons are the ogrens equipped with for someone like me that has no has never played an ogren before? Uh, so I'll just go over the data sheet for an ogren. Yeah, um, six inch movement, weapon skill three, ballistic skill four. Uh, these are strength five, toughness five. Mm -hmm. uh, three wound models with three attacks, mm -hmm. uh, seven leadership, and five up saves. Um, they have the ability Avalanche of Muscle. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm you interested. Can, you can add one to the attacks characteristic of this model in the fight phase of any battle round in which it charged. Mm -hmm. uh, this ability may only be used the first time the model fights each battle round. Uh, um, oh, okay. Which is, yeah. Uh, one ogren in your kill team can be an ogren bonehead, and it's armed with a ripper gun and frag bombs. So I'll look at a ripper gun. So a ripper gun is kind of like a, uh, it's one of the weapons that has both a melee and a range characteristic. Yeah. So looking at the melee characteristic, it's strength user, so strength five, mm -hmm. uh, AP minus one, one damage. So nothing too crazy, but I think it's just the the stat sheets themselves of this model. I mean, strength five, toughness five, three wounds. Yeah. Uh, the five up saves a little unfortunate, but. Still, we're talking three wounds here. Uh, stuff like that. And obviously the Bulgren, you mentioned, they can take the Slab Shield, which is a... Uh, I think it's... 
what's the what's the it's an invuln save yeah um it's, it's oh no it's actually not an invuln save oh no 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 the brute shield is an invuln save four up and the slab shield adds two to saving throws made against uh, attacks the target yeah so survivable just big strong units i mean strength 5 toughness 5 lots of attacks lots of wounds it's decent yeah I mean, if anyone's going to take them, it's going to be now, I think. Yeah, I mean, it adds a dimension to astromilitarium that they kind of need, I would say. Maybe not need, but it, it helps them a little bit with, I mean, they're very squishy, small units mm -hmm. that are very good at ranged yeah. combat. So, yeah. All right, that's it for this episode of the Command Point Podcast. If you guys have any questions about what we discussed this episode, be sure to DM those to us on our Instagram at Command Point. Thanks for listening.